And welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Morbidly Deceased Podcast. I am your host, JT McCallum. And I'm Evan Dilworth. And today we are joined by a legendary meme street poster, <laughs> Cody Hall. Uh, how's Hello. it going, Cody? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, so um, as we were just briefly talking in the beginning here, um, my favorite place on the internet is the Nightmare on Meme Street shitposting group. Um, that's literally like my people, <laughs> as I was saying before. Like, yeah, I'm so happy that a place like that exists. To have you guys there. It's, <laughs> it's very I'm fun. I'm a fan of the podcast as well. So it's, oh, cool. cool. It's very awesome. reciprocal. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that means a lot to us. Um, yeah. so, so basically, so we're going to just ask you uh, 13 quick questions before we dive into the big topic today, which is uh, our discussion of Halloween kills, which I can't sure. wait to do a deep dive on. <laughs> um, so the first question that I'm going to ask is, what was the first movie that scared you? The first movie that scared me was probably the first horror movie that I, I ooh, this is going to be actually, you know what? The first movie that scared me because I was tormented by my older cousin when I was a kid is the 1980s horror movie Chud, Cannibalistic oh, really? <laughs> Humanoid Underground Dwellers. Yeah. The reason why is because there's a manhole in front of my childhood home. <laughs> and my older shithead cousin used to always say that Chud was going to come out of the sewer <laughs> and drag me out. I actually went most of my young adult life never watching it just because of that reason. I uh, <laughs> actually have become big into it the last few years. Just It's good fun schlock. No, but that was 100%. definitely the first movie, not even watching it, scared me. Just, just that torment from my cousin of knowing that some sewer mutant was going to pull little me down into the sewer. Right. <laughs> but actually, if we're talking just movie-wise, like something that I saw as a kid, I used to watch the very first horror movie I actually remember watching, like full through full horror, not like Goonies or stuff like that or Monster Squad, uh, was The Fog, John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, I, uh, that's great. Yeah, I watched it a lot. It used to be when I was on a kid, it used to be on like TBS a lot, which we only had like 13, 14 channels back then. Like it'd be on in the daytime and that'd be like the only reason why I could watch it. And I was just <laughs> so like transfixed on like, the the ghosts with the red glowing eyes and it's just such a striking visual it is and that yeah. would be like the only way i could watch it and like it made me scared when it started getting dark like i was like oh, <laughs> i really regret watching that now but... right. <laughs> that's great so either right. or one of those right <laughs> um what was the most recent uh recent movie that you saw like on under your skin the most recent movie that i saw that got under my skin was the lodge uh 2019 i believe uh riley keogh honestly i think there's two movies called the lodge okay this one is a 2019 one and you'll be able to tell this is more of like a um uh sleek actual like hollywood movie in fact i think it had a theatrical release it has the um kid who played bill from the new it movies and Riley Keough who was in uh the Lars von Trier movie The House that Jack Built Oh yeah, uh, that's that's a good movie. It's it's a very uh, divisive movie. Uh, Holy I shit, Alicia it. Silverstone's in it. Yes, she is. Yes, I didn't uh, know that. Oh, yeah, wow. she plays the the mother. It is a. I cannot talk about it if you haven't seen it because <laughs> okay. it is one of those movies. It is a um. It is oh, a and very, it's Hammer. There's a lot of twists in it. Holy there's as I constantly was talking to myself saying this this poor woman throughout the movie. And uh, it's psychological horror through and through. 
and it is definitely worth watching. And it has one of those just shock endings of the last 30, 40 minutes. Like my mouth was literally agape. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. what, is, is it on a, a streaming service right now? Or I watched it, I believe, on Hulu when I watched it. And of course, we're in Canada, so we don't get Hulu. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think it might be on Prime. Okay. Cool. Yeah, you can definitely like rent it off Prime, too, if it comes down to it. But yeah, I constantly... Um, unsubscribe and subscribe to things just depending on it i think i've unsubscribed netflix like three times this year but it just yeah well i have too many subscriptions right as it is <laughs> i just need prime hbo max and shutter and that's what i'm basically happy with and then yeah exactly if something i want to say i'll rent something <laughs> exactly um do you have a favorite horror author i mean it's really kind of like normy to say but i mean like i've read a lot of stephen king obviously right. I have tons of H.P. Lovecraft books, and I've read quite a bit. So, I mean, that sounds kind of cliche to say, but it's not untrue either. I mean, mean, my favorite book is it. I read it um, in 2016, actually, before when the movie was uh, announced. Right. Yes, because just to see how, you know, everyone always talks about how good it is or how different it is. And it really was really good. And it was very epic. And then so much so that I wish I hadn't read it. Right, because it makes the movie less enjoyable. Yes, it it made me not enjoy the movie actually, which everyone seemed to enjoy that first one quite a bit. So it kind of made me mad. So I, on the other hand, when the Pet Cemetery remake that absolutely no one likes, including myself, oh, I hated that. We read uh, the Pet Cemetery book afterwards, and I really enjoyed it. And (laughs) for the most part, I enjoyed the actual original movie too. And that's really not too different. Well, yeah, it's yeah. See, Pet Cemetery was the first Stephen King book that I read, and I picked it up, um, like just as that movie was coming out. But I yeah. like I, I read it before I watched the movie, and I love the book. Like that, that got me onto Stephen King, and now I have an entire shelf full of Stephen King books. Yes, yeah. Books. I uh, I actually I got into a thing where a few years ago I started trying to collect as many first edition hardback Stephen Kings I could get. Oh, that's great. So- so I have uh, the first, you know, first run hardbacks to it, The Shining, which set me back like 70 bucks for that yeah. one. Uh, Pet Cemetery, Misery, and The Stand. See, I think I think that I own a first print of Cujo, I think. I could be that wrong. Would be it's, awesome. definitely, it's definitely like an old version of it, whether or not it's first yeah. or not, but it's definitely like a very old version. It's all about just having that art on it. That's what oh, I, 100%. I like that hardcover. There's a good... Uh, in praise of shadows youtube video about the lost art of old books i've, like I've seen books. that yeah I've, I've seen that video a really good video yeah they're uh they're uh, apparently remaking pet cemetery again for paramount plus wasn't it a prequel right. or something uh i think it's like a straight up remake <laughs> wow because like oh the other one did so well let's let's try it again they put like the windigo in it for once like that's the thing that was like i was most disappointed i was like wow they have this like really cool 60 foot foot tall kaiju like windigo right and it doesn't show up in any of the adaptations yeah it's so weird <laughs> like it's it's only like it's mentioned briefly in yes. in, in the remake but like that's it <laughs> it's weird all right um favorite book well i, I think you just answered that one though you well, yeah. one. but there's uh on a side note though there is a book that 
I always tell people to read and it's one that doesn't really get brought up a lot. And I, I got real big into reading in 2014, actually spent a lot of time reading that summer. And it's uh, by uh, Thomas Ligotti, who is like kind of like a understudy of like Lovecraft. And, and he's like kind of like the new big Lovecraftian author. In fact, um, I know I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Nicholas Plazo, I think the guy who wrote True Detective, the first mm-hmm. season, actually drew a lot of his inspiration off of Thomas Ligotti. He has a book called uh, Tetro Grotesco. It is a very good book. It is an anthology book. It's very modern Lovecraft, very urban kind of urban Lovecraft almost, okay. like inner city cool. Lovecrafty and stuff. It is, and it's not a heavy read. Like I said, it's for one, it's an anthology book, and it's very accessible. I thought, and if anyone ever asked me, like, what's a good horror book to read, I I always just recommend that, just because it's. One that's a little bit off the cuff that doesn't get, you know, like I don't ever hear anyone mention like, hey, that, you know, right. <laughs> right. Um, just as a side note, like I'm assuming, like, are you a big uh, George Romero fan? Oh, yeah, of course. Did you read? Um, I talk about this like nearly every episode. Evan's probably sick and tired of me talking about it. I bring it <laughs> up every time because I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Have I hear you about read? it all the time? Uh, the Living Dead book, uh, the last thing that, that, that he was working on before he passed away. I did not know that existed, actually. Okay, so there's a book called The Living Dead. Um, it was the last thing that he was working on before he passed away. It was finished and then published posthumously by um, an author named Daniel Krauss. And it might be, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, like Evan and I are both diehard Romero fans. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it might be the best piece of zombie fiction that he ever worked on. I will have to check that out because I even watched uh diary of the dead and yeah <laughs> all those not so stellar ones but for yeah. what it's worth like i like land of the dead i know everyone shits on that movie but like yeah. i don't enjoy it yeah like, i know land of the dead's not bad, not bad. Question, but... and and i still love diary i haven't watched it in a few years because i i have the special place in my heart for it uh-huh. um but survival i can't stand <laughs> i have not seen survival Okay. I saw a diary, <laughs> and then I didn't even know anything came out until probably uh, a few years ago. And then I saw them talk about how he had a new of the dead trilogy, and I was like, right. "Well, I've seen Diary, and I've right. heard of these other ones." So, so, so basically, um, <laughs> when Survival came out, so I the first time that I watched Dawn of the Dead was when I was thirteen, and that was in like uh-huh. two thousand and eight or so. Um, yeah, and uh, so when they were prepping to release um, uh, Survival of the Dead, it was like 2009, 2010. And the entire time, Romero kept saying, like, this is more similar to Dawn of the Dead. It's action-packed. There's comedy in it. And I'm like, this is going to be fucking awesome. No, it is not. (laughs) Don't ever compare it to Dawn of the Dead because it's nothing remotely close to Dawn of the Dead. I have a very sad story, actually, about Romero. Um, I was at... Crypticon in 2016 or 17 when he passed I was mm-hmm. actually talking to the guy who plays the the smart zombie in land of the dead and yep. I was actually talking to him when they announced over the loudspeakers wow. that George Romero had passed away wow and he was pretty shaken up about it and as I was, I'm, unfortunately that's a bad memory to have but yeah we'll see um because Evan and I live like kind of well 
used to live uh, close to Toronto and that's where Romero Uh lived. And so we got to go like, this is before Evan and I knew each other, but we got to go to like his funeral, not like his actual like funeral, but like, yeah, like his public wake type thing. Exactly. Yes. We got to go to that. And I was actually interviewed on the news to talk about Romero after he passed. So that's my biggest claim to fame. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I was like sitting there, like blubbering to his daughter, and his yeah. daughter like hugged me and was crying too. I was like, ah. I was like I'm, I'm an idiot for crying. I mean, but... it's awesome and tragic, I should say. Isn't yeah. Oh yeah, no, oh, exactly. He's dead. It, it was such an honor to be able to go because, like, um, yeah. like the band, the Misfits, sent like a wreath of like, uh, like their mascot and yeah, stuff, and it was just really cool. Yeah. And and, and it was great, too, because, like, when you're walking through, like, when you go to anyone's funeral, like, they have pictures of, like, stuff they did in their life. But, like, when it's Romero, it's him on the set of Day of the Dead, fucking around with Savini. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen King. And those are, like, his actual, like, family pictures. You know what I mean? Like, it was really cool. That's so cool. Real. Um, Next question, though. Um, What's your favorite horror video game? Well, Silent Hill 2. Well, okay, so that's tricky. Because my favorite video game of all time is Bloodborne. So I don't know if you count that as horror or not. It's very heavy. I mean, it's HP Lovecraft inspired. I, it's more like an action horror game. But if you're just talking about straight up horror, Silent Hill 2, 3, and 4 are all some of my favorite games. And right. I like the first Silent Hill, but I, I, I only played it once in like high school. I don't really have it would just be conjecture for me to say, Oh yeah, I like this so much because it's been right. so long since I played it. But right. <laughs> I play Silent Hill two at least once a year. Right. Generally around Halloween time. I didn't do it this year, but I think I played it twice last year. So it's like one of them things. But I guess I, I keep giving dual answers to every one of your questions. <laughs> but I, if you count Bloodborne, then yes, Bloodborne is that's my favorite game of all time. It's the right. very first game I got a one hundred percent on. I got a platinum trophy on it actually doing a second platinum trophy run right now on a completely different weapon all this other stuff but <laughs> if awesome. you're just talking straight up horror survival it's definitely silent hill right too i haven't played those games in forever <laughs> well they make it absolutely harder to play i mean if you have i mean if you have a pc you can go back and play them obviously but like if you are stuck to nothing but console you can only stream it on PlayStation. Like you cannot download it or anything like that. And the connection just absolutely abhorrent, almost unplayable. I bought a PlayStation two a few years ago to play. I don't even remember now. It was a mega, some Mega Man game. Cause I'm big into Mega Man. And I was like, well, I have to get the Silent Hill games. So I got two, three, four, I got five. I never got around to playing five, but I just enjoy two, three, and four so much because that's really the only ones that matter. That's the ones that Team Silent made. That's the ones that the core group made. That's the ones that you think of when people bring up Silent Hill. And yeah. they're just, I wish they would make a remaster something well, like that. Judging by all of the recent remasters that people are <laughs> complaining about, I don't know if yeah. that would go over so well. <laughs> I would live with it. <laughs> um favorite favorite remake favorite remake um not counting the obvious thing if that's up for debate or not <laughs> that's what everybody says is everybody says yeah i'll just i'll just leave that out that's like saying your favorite dinosaur is t-rex it's exactly. too easy <laughs> uh, i would probably have to say my favorite remake ooh, ooh. everyone so far says hills have eyes Hmm. I mean, that's one I like it, and like I'm, I watched 
the all the 2000s remakes and i enjoyed most of them for the most part i don't think the only ones i really didn't enjoy was like the amityville horror remake Mm -hmm. and uh the fog remake was absolutely trash (laughs) i've Um, never seen the fog remake because i'll never watch it it's just like it's it reminds me of something the cw would oh yeah like i i've seen the trailers for it and that's 100 the vibe that i get from it yeah because they even got like tom welling and it's kind of like how they did that with the friday 13th reboots a lot of cw people yeah you're right there's like what are they both in supernatural one did my bloody valentine and then the other one did friday yeah was in my bloody and jared paladecki was in friday 13th that same like within a few months yeah that's crazy i never even thought about that so i guess my favorite remake the not counting the thing (laughs) would probably be the fly i guess yeah that's That's a a good good answer answer. (laughs) it's done it's it i can all i have to be in the right headspace to watch the fly it's very depressing and like especially when you hear about how cronenberg was watching i believe it was his father-in-law die of cancer at the time yeah, and it's either his father or his father-in-law and this was also in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic and there's all these allegories out about either AIDS or cancer and, and you do kind of get that vibe and it is like is there's just a feeling of hopelessness when you watch it so like I I do like it but I can maybe only watch it maybe once a year because it's very uh it's a downer yeah like the thing is a downer i could watch that every day of the week though <laughs> it's a different type <laughs> of downer, oh. I guess. Yeah. yeah um what's your favorite horror movie theme song well it, you know me i'm a john carpenter fan mm-hmm. and to pick one i i constantly i shuffle through this actually quite a bit so all year round i think about this so it used to be up until the 2018 Halloween movie and Halloween Kills. It used to be Laurie's theme from Halloween 78. Yep. I actually prefer that more than the main theme. I feel, just, okay. uh, it's, I feel like Laurie's theme embodies the movie more. Yeah. It, it's more like a creeping sense of dread. And like you can play it in down moments and you can play it like in moments where like Michael's lurking and it works just as good. Um, but added on to that, now I have a hard time deciding between that rampage from the new movie yeah. kills and shape on Allison. <laughs> yes and shape <laughs> and yeah. michael kills again from yeah. halloween 2018 i really like that one too because it it's almost like two songs on one track yeah because it starts off with the creeping atmospherics kind of like how like i said like a uh, laurie scene does but then it goes into heavy almost like a heavy guitar riff yeah like even more so than like the shape hunts allison and it's just very heavy and it almost reminds me of like grunge music but fast paced yeah <laughs> so i think it'd be laurie's theme michael kills again rampage the shape hunts allison right. in that order yeah and then chariots of pumpkins from halloween three because oh, i really God. really like that song a lot dude that soundtrack kicks so much ass it's, it's so, so uh, underrated it, like the movie is finally getting it's love, but the soundtrack is still underrated, and I don't understand oh, yeah. why. I think the soundtrack is one of the things that has held it up because it, it's still like because it is a very goofy movie. I I love it for oh, what it 100%. is. Hundred percent. If you had any other soundtrack on that, it would not play as right. <laughs> right. And you get this music with this horrific, grisly violence, and it just 
it there it, it feels like something that shouldn't mix together but it does yeah and it works pretty good um this is just a side question on that but do you like the first time that I ever watched Halloween three was it was coming on AMC and I was like, I was maybe like 12 years old and I'm like, well, uh-huh. I always heard this is a bad movie. So let me try to watch it. And then, so like when it started, I was like, Oh, like I want to hear what the version of the Halloween theme is. But then I was so surprised when even in the opening credits, there was no Halloween theme. Yeah. Um, so do you wish though, maybe that like, even in like the opening <laughs> credits, there was like a kind of like even more synthetic version of of the theme song or are you happy that there's no reference to any of the other tracks i'm pretty happy i actually i did not grow up on this movie i like you and i feel like like most people i really avoided this movie like we used to rent horror movies like three four times a week like um (laughs) at the rental stores like i it was always the one i avoided and I didn't see it until like maybe 2011. It was like late one night. It was on Chiller. You remember right. Chiller? Yep. It's like the precursor to Shutter. Yeah. It sucked. It was awful. All it had was like Freddy's Nightmares, a few movies a week, and like Tales from the Dark Side reruns. And no one gives right. a shit about it. <laughs> but um, that's where I first saw it. Was like the soundtrack was the thing that immediately got me because I knew obviously that Carpenter didn't direct it. I was like, there's no way he didn't do the soundtrack. Right, because it sounds so, and then obviously looked it up. And said, wow, man, I kind of at least have missed out on this just for the music. But I didn't play anyway. <laughs> I was a dork and a dweeb, kind of about stuff like that when I was a kid. I actually um, had the sound all the Halloween soundtracks on CD like Me when too. I was in seventh and eighth grade. So yeah, yeah dude, we, uh, we, I we decorate for Halloween and play it out the window, you know, and stuff. So yep, dude, I came home. I <laughs> I had the Halloween soundtrack that I got on CD uh, when I was out in Toronto one day. And I remember having to pick between purchasing Halloween Resurrection on DVD or the Halloween soundtrack. And I bought the Halloween soundtrack and you I can't purchase. Good you choice. Purchase of known demand. <laughs> and so no, no, I like so, Oh, go ahead. Uh, Oh, sorry. Um, so so I, I came home and like we listened to it like my whole family on the car ride home because my dad, this is the great part is my dad was a huge horror fan when he was a teenager because he grew up in the 80s. Right. So he was uh-huh. able to like be a fan of that stuff. Um, like he saw like Jason lives and stuff in theaters and <laughs> all that cool stuff. Right. And um, yeah, so like he had the Halloween soundtrack on vinyl, like it's first pressing back in the day. But like um, so he, he was able to kind of like relive some of his experiences when I was getting into horror. And, um, so yeah, so I, I was coming home from school in like grade five. I distinctly remember this and I was like doing my homework, my shitty math homework to the Halloween soundtrack because no one else yeah. was home. And that that's just the type of person that I was as a kid. So you and I would have been fucking great. Yeah, friends. we definitely would have. Yeah. <laughs> my, my friends and I, we had, we had, um, cause I had so much horror stuff. This was like really post or pre-Scream. Like I, I was like in seventh grade when Scream came out. But right. like when Wes Craven's New Nightmare came out, like I'd always been in big into horror movies. But like Wes Craven's New Nightmare came out when I was like in third grade. So it made me be, get like real big into slashers. So like right. I had so many masks and stuff like the Wes Craven's New Nightmare mask, the Jason Goes to Hell mask, Michael Myers shitty mask that they used yep. to sell back then. We actually had a neighborhood haunted house and I supplied pretty much all the props for it like all the masks and stuff like that we put two garages together and like made a tunnel we made like 300 dollars in one night it was pretty cool the city city shut us down for not having a permit but (laughs) but that's where that that Halloween soundtrack came in real handy (laughs) 
okay. Well, uh, fondest Halloween memory? Ooh, I've had so many because obviously Halloween is a big part of my life. And it's not just because it's a big part of my life, but it's a big part of my friend's life. Like every year, my friends and I go to costume parties. We have, you know, like I couldn't even begin to rank them, to be honest. Like this year, just through the grace of timing, we actually we almost wasn't going to go out this year. And luckily we did. They said, like, well, what do you got tomorrow? I was like, I got my Michael Myers mask that I fixed up. And and my best friend's girlfriend decided to dress as Laurie Strode. And I was like, well, that's cool. So, but I really, oh man, to pick one, it's kind of hard to just pick one. But I can tell you the most unique one. All right. Uh, it was back in 2009. This is very embarrassing. <laughs> I was um, I was really in shape in 2009 and uh, was into working out and I was a bit of a douchebag. And that was when Twilight first came out. So I did the male equivalent of dressing slutty. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the Halloween bars and stuff like that, dressed as the vampire from Twilight. I didn't even know his freaking name. <laughs> Threw the glitter on all that shit. Yeah, right. it was really douchebaggy. <laughs> well, uh, we went partying. Yeah, it, it was fine, whatever. It was, but I went to walk home about 3 o'clock in the morning, about two miles from my house. But I had been tripping acid that whole night. <laughs> so I'm walking through this or suburban neighborhood with pale makeup on with bags under my eyes. And some people walked up to me in the street at like three 30 in the morning. And for some reason I scared the crap out of them. I don't know if it's because my eyes were as big as saucers and I was pale white or what, but I got the impression that they thought was like, I was like really dead or something, but that's the most unique one I have. It's not the funnest by any means, but. <laughs> It is one that stands out in my memory right. often. I mean, we we have a haunted house here. I live in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is it's about 40 miles north of Kansas City. It's it's like I drove to Kansas City Saturday. It's like, it's like 35 minute drive. It's no big deal. So I got down there quite a bit. They have a haunted house in Kansas City called Macabre Cinema. And it's movie. It's not just like generic haunted house stuff. Their thing is they like do reenactments. So like you go into one room, it's the Michael Myers themed room. They have the Judith Myers headstone. They have a girl laying on the bed. He comes out of a closet. Uh, you go around the corner. Um, it's like the woods, it's Crystal Lake, all that. It's really cool. I went to that basically for three, four years in a row the last few years. Obviously I haven't gone the last two years, but that's another thing I look forward to a lot generally. Is going to that it's real fun i right. could go to home horror nights a few years ago it was awesome that's great yeah we don't really i mean like at our like local i mean it's not local it's like 45 minutes away just past toronto but there's something called the like, halloween haunt at like uh, uh like the amusement park nearby yeah. so that's what we have but this year sucked because of covid like they had yeah. like no uh, like it was great that it was open but they had zero um like haunted houses like there were just like people in shitty zombie makeup with like the like pandemic masks on <laughs> because they're like well we we need to wear masks right <laughs> so it's like well <laughs> all right but really break the illusion yeah exactly okay so the next question uh do you believe in ghosts yes do you do you have any experiences that you want to share it, i don't per se 
but I have um, I have a lot of sleep problems where I get a lot of uh, sleep paralysis, and I have seen some freaky deaky shit. I know that it's just my stupid brain chemicals right. causing hallucinations, <laughs> but right. I have had dreams that were almost prophetic to where I'd wake up and that thing was, and I'm sure I'm receptive to hearing noises and stuff like that at night. I, um, I took a picture of a ghost actually. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it's actually was on that same Halloween night that I talked about dressing up like a douchebag vampire. And <laughs> <Right>. dripping. Um, <laughs> it was just, my phone went off and there's is blurred. I was at, um, my friend's house at the time. And just like a smudged white face, almost like a Myers mask, but not so extreme. And oh, a lot more creepy. <laughs> yes. If I ever <laughs> if I ever find it, I'm sure I'd have to dig, but I know I could find it probably on my old other account. I will post Meme Street just for, for the hell of it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's cool. But yes, I, I do. I believe in the paranormal. Uh, well, I mean, I believe in ghosts, apparitions. I, I just believe that energy... Energy can be transferable, probably in some method that we don't see. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't even know necessarily if it's a spiritual thing, more so as like a, a trace of energy being left behind. Right. Well, especially like, because like if it's like extreme positive energy or extreme negative energy, right? Like it's like that's why a lot of times it's it's repetition of things. So like yeah. if there's a house where like something really awful happened, you can literally feel that energy though, right? Like yes. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. UFOs, I mean, it's 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 almost a scientific probability that, you know, like UFOs and stuff like that. I mean, not UFOs have came here, but I mean, life on other planets, obviously, there has yeah. to be, even if it's not intelligent. So yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no way that we're alone. by any Right. Means, especially when you hear that statistic that like there's as many galaxies as there are grains of sand in the Sahara yes. Desert. It's like we can't it'd be the be, only ones out here. Yes, it'd be extremely narcissistic to think that we're the only life forms out there. Right. As far, as far as like demonic stuff, I don't know. I, I almost say I want to believe. Like, right. But that, that's a really shitty thing to like, hey, I hope demons exist so, right. <laughs> so someone can get screwed over for my entertainment. But right, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, I'm fascinated by that stuff. Much like how Mike Stillclosser from Red Letter Media is yeah. ghost hunting, but he doesn't necessarily right follow it by any means. It's more right, just exactly. fascination behind the practice itself. But that's yeah. all I watch. Actually, right before you guys, um, we started this conversation. I was actually watching um, BuzzFeed Unsolved their newest ghost whatever it is they're oh the two guys season is it is it the one with the two guys the two hosts yes uh ryan begara and the, shane man, actually hilarious so fun i like those guys they're they're, they're great they're, i'm sad that they're done have you watched their new channel uh, uh watcher oh no i haven't i didn't even know that yeah it, so they don't they have a new thing where they have this new story now it kind of makes up for um unsolved because unsolved is owned by uh buzzfeed so they left buzzfeed and started their own channel and half of the videos i like half the videos they have this new segment called are you scared where they read like user submitted stories and then Mm -hmm. you gotta find out if it's a real story or something someone just made up they and a lot of the time there's blatantly made up like Oh, the wall started bleeding and all this other stuff. But it, right. it, it's pretty entertaining. It, it scratches that itch because I really, 
although they do cover a lot of cool stuff like they had a really good video on the mothman on buzz feed unsolved which is my favorite cryptid he right. uh <laughs> i really just like those two uh guys rapport with each other like yeah. they feed off each other really good no they, they work well together yeah um okay uh what creeps you out what creeps me out anything about invade i watch a lot of true crime stuff obviously just kind of riffing off that how i said i watched ben's feet unsolved the idea of being stalked like i'm constantly in fear of my bedroom window is very if someone were wanted to they could stand at eye level and see me and especially with my uh my sleep problems and and sleep paralysis on that stuff that a lot of that feeds into it thinking i'm going to turn over one day and see someone staring in the window when i was a little kid um two things happened one me and my mom it was a saturday night like my dad like i said my dad was in a band when i was a kid so there'd be a lot of times where he wouldn't be home so late on saturdays because he'd be out playing gigs and my mom one night when i was like five six years old were in the living room watching ghoulies uh this first time i'd ever seen it and someone <laughs> shot our window out jesus with, christ with yes and when you're five years old that is absolutely terrifying and like i wouldn't even oh, watch movies for a while after that yeah because... <laughs> and oh, then fuck. like a year or two later someone looked in our window wearing a halloween mask oh, we're not I, i'm not so sure it wasn't one of my cousins but they never fessed up to it but still, I saw that, and it was absolutely terrifying. Oh, yeah. And so oh, now anything involving, like, windows or, like, people trying to creep on you or anything like that. One of the – actually, I think the, the most genuinely creepy thing that I ever had happen. In uh, 2012, I was in between jobs for a little bit, and it was uh, election day. And it was, like, unseasonably warm here in the Midwest then. It was, like, November and, like – almost 80 degrees and i have a shotgun and i live not too far from a con- conservation park pretty big one bluffwoods uh, state park and a lot of times if i was bored i just go down and like go down to the trails and like find a nice hill and like just practice shoot um under the guise of small game hunting even though i actually did no hunting and just because like, you're not supposed to just practice shoot there but anyway right i was coming back out of the woods and there is like this gazebo because there's a, a, a pretty popular walking trail down there. Like a lot of like college age people go now. And there was this creeper who came up to me and he didn't really notice how to gun at first. And he's like, hey, what's up? Acting really weird. And he was like, oh, man, uh, how explicit can you get on your podcast? Very. <laughs> OK, he was talking about how the the park rangers or the missouri conservation had rolled up on him the night before he was homeless staying in the gazebo caught him looking at porn and masturbating and stuff like that telling right. me some guy who just walked out of the woods <laughs> in an isolated state park and yeah jacking off all this other stuff and i started to step back and like i i kind of picked up my gun not necessarily to point it toward him but just make it look like i was about to put it in my car but just let it be seen yeah oh oh, oh. And i was like 
yeah, so I got to go, man. He's like, okay, well, at the same time, this uh, young couple pulled up, and they're a handsome, attractive couple, and they started going down the walking trails. I was like, oh, never mind. I got someone else I want to go talk to. Very creepy. Oh, my God. Very That's so weird. I pulled out of the parking lot, uh, drive, drove down to the highway, just long enough to call 911, and I said, hey, there's a very strange guy here. I think he should be checked out. And then I got to think, I was like, well, what if they're too late? It's like, I should at least go back and like make sure. But those people were out and that guy was completely gone. So I don't know if he went back to the woods like the Blair Witch or what. <laughs> but that is probably the actually creepiest thing that I've ever encountered. That is Especially really being weird. isolated in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, on, that that's, is weird. That is weird. We live in meth country. So, I mean, yeah. you get these types of people yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny um all right uh jason freddie or michael michael yeah well 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 okay michael but freddie's pretty close i mean freddie's actually the better character um see i freddie hear that all the time have... but I all right that's the end of the show we have to go now <laughs> <laughs> he uh he has he probably has the better movies but except for the original Halloween is better than all the nightmares or Friday the 13th, I think. Although the original nightmare is still one of the best horror movies of all time. But I I like Michael. I got to thinking about this the other day. Someone was talking about like kills and like, oh, he, he can't be killed or he can or can't be killed. I got to thinking it's like, that's actually what makes Michael Myers really good. Is he has no real definition. Whereas like mm-hmm. we know Jason is a revenant. And Freddy is a vengeful spirit, and there's like kind of rules he has and stuff yeah, like that. But there's no rules to Michael. Yeah. No. Michael Myers is very murky, especially nowadays. And I really like that because there's no clear definition. Like, what does that kill him? Does it not? Like, that's I, I absolutely adored the ending of H2O because until they retconned it. Right. That was like, <laughs> he was like, okay, now that's something that he would not be able to survive. Yeah, there exactly. wasn't, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't <laughs> concrete rules to what he could and couldn't survive. Right. But you saw that and you knew that that's something that he would not survive. Right. And see, and like, I, like it's very loose. Like, it's, it's like, like Carpenter said, it's very spectral, very like a force right. of nature. And, and like, because of that, I like it. I love Halloween five. Like, that's one of my favorite fire sequels. I don't know, why people hate it. I don't know either. Um, but, that by far has the worst death scene for Michael. And even in the movie, they're just like, oh yeah, like he didn't actually die. Like he's just sitting in the jail at the end of the movie because they're yeah, not even going to be like, oh yeah, he, he, he gets hit by a two by four a couple of times. And then he's yeah. dead. A like, couple? No, yeah. He was fucking laying into him. He, he hit him six times. <laughs> I hit him six times. <laughs> Isn't it a man? <laughs> I, I like I like Crazy Loomis. I I, uh, I I love Crazy Loomis because he gets boring after a while if he's just doing the same note. Yes, exactly. That's like even in part four when he's like sitting in the the truck with the the Reverend or whatever, and yes. he's just like sitting there, and he's kind of laughing at him, and he's like taking a swig of alcohol. I was like, yeah, it's this great. Is, this is great, Loomis. This is fun, Loomis. Loomis is letting loose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good to see stiff characters like that let their hair down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or well, I get bald, but I mean, yeah. let, let <laughs> you mean in the proverbial down. sense, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, favorite universal monster? Well, it's Creature from the Black Lagoon because that's my favorite movie. 
but man, it is, and it's definitely creature, but like over the last few years, I have a very strong case for Frankenstein. I, I, Frankenstein is now my favorite franchise of Universal. Really? There's not one of them that I don't watch. I, I watched uh, around Halloween time. I got Peacock to watch Halloween Kills. <laughs> I watched Son of Frankenstein, um, House of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And they're always good. And they're always introducing something like like Son of Frankenstein introduced Igor. Like he didn't exist until that. Yeah, and exactly. Carlock played him. And it was really cool. And like there's it's he's like, I don't know, they make him so consistent. And they even add things that like seem kind of ahead of their time. Like when you watch those old Frankenstein movies, they, they made some lore about how the longer he stays alive, the more stronger he becomes. It's like, like Michael Myers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kind of like how they say, oh, the more he kills, the more he transcends. It's it's very similar to that. And I I and it ends also the debate. That people say Frankenstein's the guy, not the monster. But in House of Frankenstein, or no, Son of Frankenstein, uh, Henry's son comes back, and they're talking about how they now call the monster Frankenstein, almost right. as if like it is a curse on his name and stuff like that. Right, so like, exactly. Hey, yeah, no one knows what the hell they're talking about. So, right. <laughs> but it's definitely Church from the Black Lagoon. Frankenstein. I got really big into the original Invisible Man over the last few years. It is such a good movie, and especially when you watch it now. Like watch the special effects; so they've actually aged really well. Yeah, exactly. said they were made like in 1933, 34, yeah, something yeah, 35, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> insane how good they look. Yeah. Um. See, I my favorite's Wolfman. Um. That's good. He's also up there, and I. I like the Dracula and Frankenstein, like the original movies. Um, they're, I just think that those movies are very cute because they're figuring out what movies are, you know, to, you yes. know, that like later on, I think that by 1941, when they did Wolfman, they knew what a movie was. Like it feels more contemporary. Um, and I also love that makeup and I, I love uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s acting in it. Like I, I really like that movie a lot. And just like, there's nothing like, the most classic monster design of all time is the Frankenstein monster. Like that's undeniable, yes. right? Like when you say monster, that's what most people think of as something very similar to that design. Um, but, but in terms of like makeup, I, I still think that like, I mean, obviously like American werewolf in London has the best transformation scene, but even yes. for 1941, that's not a bad transformation scene. Um no, it's really good. Transformation scene of anything, though. Um, I mean, uh, other than American Werewolf, is um, in the original uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like, I've not when... seen it. Oh, really? So, uh, but not yeah. Do you but know what ahead. I'm talking about, though? When like he was actually wearing uh, all of the makeup, and they just changed the lighting to make it look like he was transforming. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch some YouTube videos about this after we get done talking. Oh, dude, it it's one of the best transformation scenes of any movie ever, and that's like. So basically, he was literally wearing all of the makeups to make him look like Mr. Hyde. Uh, but they just like brought up like the lights to make it super like bright so that it That's exposed. really cool. Yeah, it, it's a super cool transformation. I'll send you a link when we're done with this. Yes, I'd like to watch that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Now, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, that was Long Cheney Sr., right? Uh, no. Or was not, it Claude Rains? Not that I think it was Claude Rains. Okay, because I, I, knew, I knew Claude did stuff other than uh, Invisible Man. Right. I, I knew it was a lot of silent stuff. Yeah, this one's not 
silent um let me get the actor hold on one second evan you can ask the last question and then i'll let you know about the answer here all right uh most memorable death scene in any horror movie Ooh. well i would have to say if i think of a death scene in a horror movie i'm probably tina in a nightmare in elm street yeah, that one's yeah. <laughs> her getting flung around that or Debbie in a nightmare in Elm Street 4. Oh, I, think yeah. I think Debbie in Nightmare in Elm Street 4 might be my favorite kill of any horror movie just because it's absolutely disgusting. But like as far as like impact goes, like being shocked at a character's death, like I've already brought up Halloween H2O. That was very uh, had a catharsis to it, which is weird because I love the Halloween franchise. I'm a lot like uh, Mustafa Cod, where I don't want to see Michael Myers die, but yeah. if you if you're gonna do something like that, I'm completely behind it. So I really liked that ending until they retconned it, and yeah. um, the worst death definitely is when Laurie dies in Resurrection. Oh. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been more disgusted at a movie. I'm the movie theaters are ready to leave. Then I didn't, <laughs> but that's so funny. Oh, I think I just like tried to watch it again this October, and I think I made it like halfway through, and I was like, I gotta turn this off. Yeah, it is the only one I will watch it every year, but it's not prioritized. And <laughs> and it's like like you like you just kind of oh, I'm looking at my phone and it's playing in the background, mm-hmm. and and I'll occasionally I look up like oh, there's Katie Sackoff, she's in the man learning now. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's it. Oh, there's that guy from American Pie. Yeah. yeah. I don't hear anything. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you don't care about any of those fucking people at all. No, it is very, it is very much a product of its time. Even more so, like than like H twenty, which like does feel very scream inspired. Yeah, and yeah very. It's um, too scream for me. I can't watch H two O. There's a. I love a lot of it, though. I I would change if they took the scream stuff out of it. If they took the goofy mask yeah. and the straight up music from scream they put yeah. in it and changed the Myers actor made him a little bit less robotic. He's not as robotic as Dick Warlock, but he's not quite athletic either. The worst is when change, he sits up, like when he tries yeah, to copy so that it is that so scene. bad. Yeah. And he just looks like a kid, like a toddler slouching on the floor, trying to put it his does. hands he looks like he, has, like he has a poopy diaper or something. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. But it has my favorite version of Laurie Strode. And like, I like H20 Laurie Strode even better than 2018 Laurie Strode. And she kind of has, not that 2018 Laurie Strode doesn't have agency because I mean, she devises her whole house to be a trap, but yeah. like, like Lori is a lot more believable in H20. Right. And somewhat relatable and functional. And I kind of like that. It's like, oh, you, you know, like she did go on to have a happy life. And right. like you you want to see that obviously for characters. Like, I mean, I had right. a lot invested in Lori Strode. Like right. I well, grew up with her. So exactly. Well, that's the thing that sucked about um the Star Wars sequels, too, is like everything ended poorly for those three characters that we love. Like yes. Han and Leia are divorced, Luke is miserable. Like it's not, it's not happy. Or like nobody got a happy end in that story. <laughs> that was so mismanaged. And, and the sad thing is I was on board for it. Like I was on Cloud Nine when the Force Awakens came out. Right. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was born at a time I was not born in time to really get to experience the original trilogy. Right. And I was 
too old when the prequels came out. Like I was like, I was like in my teens or, you know, like, like 16, like all I cared about was like listening to music and like head partying with friends and stuff like that. I really wasn't into anything like that. Right. So like, I really got in on Star Wars with The Force Awakens, and I went and saw it. Really? Yeah, I mean, not it ain't the first time. Like, obviously, sure, sure, but that's uh, that 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 was your series, though. Yeah, a lot as a kid because it used to be on USA all the time. So, like, I'd always like, oh, that's cool, Darth Vader's a good guy now. But like, (laughs) but I didn't really grow up with those movies. I liked them, but right. See, Star Wars was basically a religion in my house. Like my dad. My dad was a hardcore um, Star Wars collector, like of the vintage toys, like so much so that he even wrote like a collector's guide about it. Like my dad's a pretty cool guy. Um, And so, yeah, so it was like a religion and so much so that like um, I saw like a preview screening of Phantom Menace with my parents when I was like two and a half. And like, so because I was born in 96, right? And that movie came out in 99. But like, I remember it though. Like, a lot of people are like, you can't remember things from when you were two, but I do have actually a lot of memories from when I was two. Um, And like, one of them is going to see Phantom Menace in theaters. Um, I saw that movie, I think, five times in theaters when it first came out. So, like, at, like we even went to like star wars celebration three like before revenge of the sith came out and stuff so like yeah we our entire family is steeped into like star wars stuff um and when force awakens was coming out i was the only one like my dad was like i don't give a shit about this like this is stupid he's like if george lucas isn't involved it's not real star wars and i think that he does have a point to a certain extent yeah um, but like i I came out of Force Awakens and the first thing that I said to my dad was I was like, oh, this is how you must have felt when Phantom Menace came out because I was just so disappointed when Force Awakens came out. Uh, I think it was because I overhyped it to myself. I was expecting it to be the best movie ever, but it certainly wasn't. And that's a retread of A New Hope too. Right, exactly. Exactly. And like when I first watched Last Jedi, and I promise we'll get back to horror stuff after this. No, I, don't <laughs> um, but, I mean, I admin Sith posting or so or moderate. Yeah, it, right, exactly. Um, so it's not a far cry. Yeah. Um, but when I first uh, went to see Last Jedi, the first half of the movie, I like that first like joke when he was talking about like um, when he's doing like the prank with Hux. Like when Poe's like talking back and forth, I literally sat in my seat and I like sunk and I'm like, oh no, they turned this into a Marvel movie. But then yes. halfway through, it got really good. And like, I still think that Last Jedi, I'm, I know that I get a lot of shit for this, but like, I like The Last Jedi a lot, actually. Yeah. Like, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate it as much as uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I don't really, terrible. <laughs> like, I don't really have any desire to go back and watch any of the new movies right maybe solo just out of morbid curiosity because i remember not really like hating it i remember like kind of enjoying it i really liked solo the first time i saw it in theaters and i've I've, like that and last jedi are the movies from the new like i I didn't like rogue one at all i I did when it came out but i it has i've i've lost it's lost its shine with me right i don't know like i said i think it's just because it like star wars was new to me Right. And like I had, I had Marvel fatigue even back then, in like 2015. I was like, oh, I'm tired already. Yeah. Like Star Wars was like a cop out. I was like, oh, Star Wars, right. I'll, I'll watch this. See, and then like 
same thing happened i got kind of oh i was like 12 years old when iron man came out and you would think that that was like made for me right but it wasn't i remember because like i grew up with the sam raimi trilogy for spider-man like those are like my movies amazing movies yes oh 100 like my comic book like marvel movie watching starts from x-men and it ends about spider-man 3 i'm not really into like I remember watching Iron Man and be like, I think I've outgrown this. <laughs> and yeah. I know that everybody else like loves those movies, but I just, even at like 12 years old, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Like these aren't fun the way that like the original Spider-Man movies were. Yeah. It's, those movies, the Spider-Man movies have something that a lot of those, not even a lot of superhero movies, just a lot of movies in general don't have. And it's like, this weird kind of heart that you can only experience in real life situations like it's just so relatable like my mom and dad watched the original spider-man movies with me when i was a teenager they don't even like superhero shit and they became like staples of this household yeah exactly well my dad went and saw spider-man 3 with me because we liked the other ones so much right exactly yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like that's Raimi's, Raimi's heart behind it. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I have I have no, I seriously doubt the the multiverse uh, movie he's doing, the Doctor Strange one. Like they're already doing reshoots. I'm like, uh, it's not going to be going to ruin movie. it. It's not. Yeah, it's gonna. It's not going to be a Sam Raimi movie. It's going no. to be his name will be attached to. It. Right, but it's going to be a Marvel movie with. Yes, and there right. will be like little flashes. There'll be a scene kind of like. Like the Doc Ock uh, <laughs> yep. horror scene from two. Yeah. There'll be like one scene like that. You're like, eh, just a little brief taste of Raimiisms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a Bruce Campbell uh cameo. And then it's yep. gonna be uh so it's, it's gonna be very, very controlled, I think, unfortunately, which sucks. But I mean, Elise is getting work. So the last yep. thing I remember him watching doing was like Oz. Yeah. 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 Which I actually like that movie. I went and saw it. Um I'm yeah, not really the biggest fantasy guy. Like I, I didn't see the it in a few years ago. Fun. I never saw it. Yeah, it's okay. It's not awful. Right. Um, speaking of okay and not awful, let's get into our discussion about Halloween kills. Sure. Um, okay, so um, so Evan and I were um, we were fortunate enough to get a message from our friend that runs a horror movie themed uh, coffee shop in our uh-huh. hometown. And he was like, Hey, do you guys want tickets to go see Halloween kills two days early? And we're like, fuck yeah, of course we do. <laughs> like Evan and I were like shaking as we got the response. He's like, oh, do you want to go? And we're like, fuck yeah, we do. Um, because the last movie that I had ever seen in a preview screening was Rob Zombie's Halloween two days before wow. that came out. Um, I went for my 10th birthday, 10th or 11th birthday. And during the breakfast scene, my dad leans over to me. He's oh like, if this doesn't calm down soon, we need to leave. <laughs> Cause it was just a lot. That like when, so awkward. Yeah. Like when he went, when Ronnie's fucking saying he's going to skull fucker and he's like throwing <laughs> the fucking breakfast all over the place. Yeah. My dad's like, Some this of the is most atrocious man. dialogue of any movie. Oh, right. And then I, I remember too, like when we left, my dad was just like, I need to take a shower. Like it's just, I feel yeah. gross having seen that. Um, thankfully it didn't have the rape scene breakout. Like that was saved for the Blu-ray. Cause if there was yeah. that rape scene, we probably would have left uh, the theater at that time. And that was taken immediately. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah so um so obviously like all three of us are huge halloween fans it was the first real horror movie that i saw when i was seven years old and it's obviously affected each of us like that's why were horror fans you know like um and somebody put it really like in a great way on the the movies that made us uh docuseries on netflix was like we have like a date with michael every year like no matter what like yes we'll always be back every single year right um like we'll always watch one of the halloween movies or see him out for trick-or-treating or anything like that um as Evan and I were talking about in, in the in our actual Halloween episode, like we treat Halloween the way that some Christians do about Christmas or sorry about Easter, like when yeah. they, when they post on uh, um, on the Friday and, and they're like, oh, like Christ died today. Like when yes. it's October 30th, Evan and I, Evan and I post like, oh, he escapes. <laughs> and then yeah. the 31st, like, he's out there. <laughs> you know? have to remember that. That's, that's like our new Passover now. Right. It, it, exactly. Exactly. So like, obviously the, um, the three of us are big fans of this series. Um, and uh, oh, fuck. I got that fucking thing saying that we have 10 minutes left. Um, so basically what, what we're going to do, uh, is we're going to talk for like eight minutes and then I'm going to stop recording and delete a few things. Then we're going to open it back up and then we'll wrap up the conversation. Okay. Guys? Okay. Yep. Okay. Is that cool with you, Evan? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, um, so we got to see Halloween kills early and, um, it was pretty electric in the theater. Like I hadn't been around mm-hmm. that many people, first of all, in a long time. Like there was what close to like 200 people, Evan, like 200. Wow. It was, more it was pretty that. much almost like full. The it was a full theater and like the biggest screen that I had been to in a long time. Um, Cause yeah, I was like in Toronto and like the main theater in Toronto. And uh, there was a bunch of horror fans there, obviously, but it was also press night. So uh, me and my fiance had the pleasure of sitting beside two people that worked for the newspaper because they were jotting down notes and stuff during the movie. And it was overall an incredible experience. Like people were screaming, which I'd never thought I would hear in a movie. Um, People were laughing at all the jokes. Like it was a great experience. Um, Whether or not I liked the movie is a different story. Um, But uh, I remember in the last, like, no spoil, or sorry, lots of spoilers. Like, we're we're not yeah. gonna stay away from them. Um, but like the last maybe four minutes of the movie, I just looked over to Evan because he was sitting like uh, in in the row in front of us, and he just had his hands up on his forehead with yeah. his eyes bulging out of his head, just staring. <laughs> like how you said you were with H two O when he gets <laughs> yeah. his head cut off. That's how I was at the end of this movie. Well, so like shocking ending too. I was like, they brought back everybody. And, and everybody's everybody. fucking dead. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't believe it. There was it was <laughs> talked about. They're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be big. Everybody's coming back, 40 years, blah blah blah. And they're in it for like a decent amount of time, at least some of them. And well, then yes like, and no. Um like, holy fuck. They just what makes, everybody's gone. What makes me laugh is when they keep like when they brought back Nurse Marion in H2O, and they're like, it's the nurse from the original, and she dies in like three minutes. And then they bring her yeah. back for this one. They're like, it's the nurse from the original, and they kill her off in three minutes. It's pretty yeah, she funny. has a very bad track record. Yeah, literally. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, like so overall, like um, Cody, what did you think of the movie? So I like the kills, I like the soundtrack. I like the look. I like the portrayal of Michael. 
I do not like the dialogue. I've I've watched Kills six times now. Right. I saw it on opening night, or actually not opening night, on Thursday night, because opening night is on Friday. Right. So I went and seen it then, and then that night, as soon as midnight hit, I watched it on Peacock, and I watched it like that weekend, like probably four times just that weekend. Um, the things that I notice on subsequent reviews is the rep- repetition and of dialogue, the evil dies tonight, and... Yep hammering people over the head with themes instead of just letting them play out he's uh, turning us into monsters yeah, that one's like one of the most egregious ones out of all of them yeah. <laughs> um you take all that stuff out i don't mind Lori being sidelined i know a lot of people complain about that I, that doesn't bother me actually because when i was watching i was like you know do you guys follow game of thrones or did you when it was on no read any no. of the books no. Well, in the book series, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, there's uh, the fourth book is called The Feast for Crows. And in that book, none of the main characters are actually in it. It's all side characters. So it like takes a break away from all the characters we're used to. And right. that's kind of what this reminded me of. I was like, oh, cool. It's like it's just the town of Haddonfield with like it's a, like a one off almost like now maybe you might I don't want to do that for your second movie in a trilogy <laughs> maybe it would have been better as its own standalone thing yeah. like so I liked that and I liked the idea of bringing some of these people back maybe not Marion Chambers yeah Sheriff Brackett as much as I like Sheriff Brackett he uh he definitely should not have been in the movie they just gave him so much hammy dialogue oh 100%. And just so blunt and just like, it's very <laughs> off-putting Great. and like like when marion yelled this is for loomis it was like oh. the most embarrassing thing ever <laughs> i was so like, happy I was so embarrassed now when i watch it but <laughs> that being said that whole car top assault scene i really like that scene like it's maybe ranked up there in my top five like halloween scenes like Lindsay Wallace, you know, beating the shit out of him with a bag of bricks. Like right. the sound design of it's really good. Like it yeah. sounds like it sounds like getting hit with bricks. Let's and see. like also, like I said, like uh, Rampage is maybe one of my favorite Carpenter songs. So like it all gels together pretty good to me, despite right. the shitty. This is for Loomis. I like <laughs> that the doctor. I don't remember his name tries to like choke michael from the back seat and it's almost like a play on how michael yeah like, i okay. didn't even think of that but you're right he just slowly turns around and it's like he just like looks at him like what the fuck are you yeah he's, it, it's just you're like oh shit and then the guy comes out of everywhere i actually liked all that stuff if it everybody bad, this is for loomis stuff i would that, it's still one of my favorite scenes though right. of that movie and maybe of the franchise i just remember and like everybody okay. when he gets stabbed in the eye the whole the whole theater was like like fuck yeah yes <laughs> everybody was yelling and stuff and it just added to it well the best part though evan was when uh when vanessa's walking over with the gun and michael fucking kicks the door open the yes. entire audience that's awesome like, that's some john wick shit. that's why i like that it's the thing because he doesn't he, i don't know he doesn't normally do shit like that so when he did it i was like holy fuck yeah. like, he is not playing around he's pissed off like and he's showing no mercy at all the closest thing that i can think of anything to do with that is maybe in halloween 4 when he uh looks like he's gonna shoot kelly meeker in the stomach yes. and then he just impales her instead too. 
that's probably like the closest thing but like it was so out of left field just to see him kick that door open and then to see her shoot herself in the face like it was like holy fuck like you could feel like it it was like a ripple effect in the audience like the people in the front felt it first and it went all the way up the crowd it was pretty cool so quick like it's yeah just like you don't really have time to process it which i like i like those type of kills like i like ones that happen i don't necessarily revel in gore or even the violence necessarily like a quick but brutal kill is like my favorite type and that definitely fits the bill yeah. you're like you get the impact of it like real quick you're like ooh, wow i was i was fucked up right. even <laughs> even like when he gets out and he just looks down at her and tilts his head about i just like have goosebumps i was like so excited i was like that's like so good in that scene too i don't know if it's the lighting right yeah. outside of it but the way the camera is and the light it, yes oh, man it's honestly so good. I have it playing on my TV right now as we're talking. <laughs> those those kills are so good. Like that's ma- it, as far as like kills go, it it's it might be my favorite. Like the Halloween movies have never really been so much about the kills. No, like especially not the first one, and that one's my favorite. Right. One. It's my favorite movie of all time. Like right. I know Friday the Thirteenth has always been overemphasized on the kills, but like. When I watch this, is like, shit, man, that's, like, worse than almost everything I've seen in a Friday the 13th movie. Like, can you even say now that, like, that's Friday the 13th thing? Because now it seems a lot like it's Halloween's thing, like, which yeah, I don't exactly. think is necessarily a bad thing at all. Right. But- um, see, the only thing that bothers me, um, well, two things about the actual murders in this movie is the first one is, like, I every single well at least so I've only actually seen the movie once because we don't have Peacock in Canada so we can't watch oh, it really? for free um so I've only seen it once um Evan totally has a legally obtained copy of it playing on his TV yeah. <laughs> um but uh, like to me it's like I I thought that every single kill for the most part had something to do with someone's throat like I just felt like everyone got their neck slit so this is the best movie ever made and I legitimately think that because I love this movie so much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my thing is, like, I don't see anything wrong with it. Like, it's cheese. Like, I, it's cheese to, like, the max. Glorious and cheese. It, it might not be the greatest cheese, but, like, that stuff, I don't know. It doesn't bug me. Because, like, even um, in October, I was, like, re-watching all of them again. And I was like, well, in, in, in part two, which is technically still the first one, there's yes. a mob outside of the house. And they're yelling and they're throwing rocks and the cops are like, oh, settle down, settle down and all that shit. So I'm like, okay, well, there's been mob before, maybe not to this capacity, but there's been mob before. And then it's like, we have stupid characters in uh, four or five, the two cops. You the shut two the cops. Fuck up. <laughs> those two cops are idiots and I don't give a shit about them. And as soon um, as they die, I'm like, thank God, because they're useless. Know. It's just like, I, it's, uh, you know, I, it's so I don't mind that, the mob stuff, to be honest. Yeah, it's I, like... I like that. I don't it's, mind the mob stuff. I just feel like it could be done differently. Like, it felt like this was just, like, a movie written for, like, 10-year-olds to be edgy. Well, that's the thing, too. I was, it's funny because there's a, a new series on Shutter, and it's, a, it's called uh, Behind the Monsters or whatever. Yes, I've been meaning to watch that. And they're talking about... I think it was Child's Play and Elric Kane. Uh, is talking about and he's like these movies aren't made just for us anymore these movies are made for a newer generation and it's it, it's to it's to please them as well and to hopefully get them into the original stuff as well so it's like i 
I when I when he said that I was like, Holy shit, that makes so much sense now. Like I know it's not just it's not just fan service, but I mean like a lot of it is too. But watching it, I'm like, I I get it. I'm I hope it brings people in. Like I hope, you know, but do you kids, think like, it's really going to? Because like like even I mean, like when you pair it against like even other Blumhouse movies, like they it's so I can't find the words to describe it, but like they don't feel like these don't feel like movies, if that makes sense. Like they feel like parodies more than anything. Like I don't, I don't know. Like maybe that's. Just, I don't feel that. I don't really. I don't really watch. I haven't watched so many Blumhouse movies that I can really critique like them as a whole. Like I've watched the Happy Death Day movies, and a few others like i didn't watch any of the like the crappy looking hulu ones i've watched yeah. the, purge, <laughs> the purge movies or blumhouse right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay so I've, I've seen those well i've seen the first three like the third one sucks so bad but like <laughs> i get that they're kind of like the 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 negative of like a24 where that's yeah. like small batch like well crafted and whereas like right. these are just like Blumhouse is almost flicks. like a modern grindhouse for horror like where they I mean not like exploitative but they pump out so much reminds stuff. me of more like Roger Corman stuff I mean it is it's it's like I don't even want to call it big budget because I want to think a lot of the, the the key to the Blumhouse method is that a lot of their stuff is like below 14 yeah. million on the budget yeah. with the exception of like the invisible man, which actually I love the invisible man. I love it too. Yeah. Evan and we, I saw it together. We've seen they have, and, like, and it was incredible. That's what I think they have. Like they'll have surprise ones coming on over like Halloween 2018 invisible man. And it kind of redeems them like that shitty dumb and dumber. You just totally redeem yourself thing. Like, but for the most part, like they're all very teen centric, and I don't mean that in a good way. Yeah, like very PG thirteen ish. But see, the uh, thing is, is like with these movies, like I'm, I get that vibe though, and maybe it's because of who's behind, uh, like the camera with David Gordon Green and Danny yeah. McBride. But like, I never found myself connecting with any of the new characters, whether it's from 2018 or from Halloween Kills. And like I, I don't know. Like I've, I've always, like to me, and maybe this is just because it was like my first love. But like Halloween, I always held Halloween to a higher standard than like any other horror franchise. Like I was always like, oh, they're allowed to be stupid because they're just stupid Friday the Thirteenth movies. Like it doesn't matter. Yes. But like Halloween always had a level of class to me. And obviously, some of the sequels aren't that great. I'm like, but to me, I, I will even take Halloween Resurrection any day over any, well, the most Friday the 13th movies, just yeah, because I just yeah. prefer them. Um, but these ones to me don't feel like Halloween movies, even, even in a way that Rob Zombie's Halloween felt like a Halloween movie. Mm. And like, I, I don't know how to, <laughs> how to say it any clearer, but like when you watch Halloween, and then you watch 2018 and then you watch kills like they're supposed to be like i mean it's going to be more than a trilogy when you uh, account for halloween yeah ends, quadrilogy but, or something like that yeah, yeah. What, whatever it's called but um but like halloween one is so serious 
it takes itself seriously, but then there are moments of comedy yeah. with, the, with the girls. Bob and yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. But but they're but it's treated seriously in the reality of the movie. Whereas in Kills, for example, um, like they're trying to hype up that like Michael's been this terrible person that's haunted and infested the town for 40 years. But then in the next scene, they have Big John and Little John being like, oh, she got stabbed in the tits. And it's like, yeah. okay, like it, it just there's <sighs> there's a, a layer of disconnect where I can't ever actually like immerse myself in the reality of the movie because yeah. that reality doesn't feel real. I do agree that a lot of the humor in the new ones doesn't land, or if it does land, they push it too far. Like uh, the kid right. Julian in the first one, right, it was great with the the conversation between him and Vicky. It was it felt very natural. But then, right. like the thing is, once the tension starts, once Michael shows up, there shouldn't, shouldn't be, be that comedy. No there should yeah. be no that no, like you should the the threat should always be played seriously. Right. Like even if, it's just like the Ghostbusters movies. There's plenty of wit in those, but the ghosts themselves are treated as an actual threat. Right. And sure they may play around with that, but and that's the way I feel like the Michael Myers stuff is too. I although I did like the Johns, but um, Big John like and Little John, especially Big John, like yeah. I'm like really big into that uh jazz song he was listening to. It's Halloween. Like I added it to my <laughs> Halloween Spotify playlist. <laughs> uh, I liked those guys, and I liked Julian for the most part until I didn't. And it feels very formulaic, and it feels like like, well, we need to put this. This is what needs to be in movies now. That at one hundred, at one hundred and fifteen minutes in, you have to have a laugh right here. Well, you have to have something. And I don't really like having tension relieved. I like I like it ratcheting it up until there's you know. Like well, that's the thing it. is it is it, it it honestly comes across as like they're making two separate movies and they got blurred yeah. together in the edit. Like for example, like every single time like a character is introduced in in this movie, it goes along with some sort of comedic scene. Uh, like for example, um, like. Uh, uh, the kids on, on on a swing set it's supposed to be kind of a suspenseful scene where michael's yeah. apparently hiding in, in the park and it's not played for tension at all what we get instead is is them being like oh not today satan and they're just making yeah. like really dumb jokes that like the writers cre- clearly read on twitter you yeah. know what i mean like they it, yeah it, it comes across like i always get this feeling like when when people in movies are like oh did you see this video it got a thousand hits i'm like that's not how people talk like you know what I mean? like they'll say likes or views or whatever they're talking about but when they say hits like if, if you're 12 saying hits like it's clearly someone who was born in 1976 writing your dialogue for you right yeah. like it doesn't come across as natural to me and like that scene is played for jokes and then michael shows up and then like the original halloween builds the tension and then when he shows up you're almost relieved that it's over yeah. Whereas this is like no tension, and then Michael interrupts a comedy scene, like with the with the the elderly couple in the beginning of the movie, like when they're joking around about um, how Laurie Strode could fuck you up and all this stuff, yeah. and they're flying the the RC helicopter around, and then Michael shows up and ruins their 
comedy movie that they're making together right so it's just yeah. like I, I just feel like and then same with with big john and little john like they're they're these little snippets of movies of comedy movies set on halloween that have nothing to do with michael myers and he just shows up yeah and that's how i feel i evan's being very silent right now <laughs> I'm, i hate to defer i'm i'm team evan a little bit more on this one I, I'm a little bit more receptive to it. I don't know if that's because I want to be just because I like Halloween so much, but like, I'm also not blinded by like, like if something's bad, I'm going to say it's bad. I'm not going to say that Halloween kills is a good movie by any means because right. it is very, it has a lot of problems, but I'm only saying this as like a Halloween fan. I don't say this as a horror, like a, a movie fan or a horror movie fan as a Halloween fan. I really like it. Right. And but I can see why it's divisive and I can see the cracks and I'm sure over time the cracks will become more apparent and less apparent. Right. But there's like a lot of cracks that I can see in the other Halloween movies that also really don't affect me, like how he was talking like the Keystone Cops in Halloween Five. Right. Other yeah, like I watched them. Clown they, noises. I don't yeah, know when they're walking down the road. Too. Oh yeah. man, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll still fucking I'll watch it. It does kind of cool. I can be into it. Like, that's my whole problem with four is this mask is so fucking bad that like yeah. it detracts. Like, I don't even mind like bad characters because you know they'll be like quickly dispensable. Like, no one, no one who's annoying in a horror movie hardly ever lasts. So like right. <laughs> well, was, extreme movies, but that's like a big thing for me too is because I remember with 2018 there was like so much chatter after and I'm pretty sure there's even a picture of it somewhere online where there was another ending where he was already out of the house and where Lori right. is like shooting the dummies and whatnot. He's over there and apparently there's like smoke coming off of him and all that. Really, Which, I'd like to see that. I, I I have to find the phone because I remember seeing something like that. I, and I own like, the movie, shit. but I own it on digital, so like I don't have any of the. Um, see, I don't the, think like, there's any of it in the extras, though. I okay, think they just like totally scrapped they, it. They didn't include Plus, shit in the extras. They included like one deleted scene, which was like Allison out for a morning run, and then she sees a dead dog hung from a tree, yeah. and that's like the only deleted Ooh. scene that, that they showed. Mm-hmm. And then, but like. I was like, okay, so right off the bat, I'm like, I want to know where he is, and I want to know how he gets under the house then, because if they they didn't even they didn't release it, they like didn't say anything about it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, how are they going to do it this time? As soon as the firefighter falls down the hole and he calls for help, that gate goes up. I'm immediately uh, have goosebumps. I'm immediately Dude, in me that, too. that child like yeah, state where I'm like so excited. And you hear that rendition of the main theme, which is my favorite in this movie. And you just see it, and he walks out. I was like, I'm I'm all for this movie now. Whatever comes after, I'm like, whatever. Because that <laughs> part right there, it's just it's menacing. Cause you see him, you see his eyes. It's not pure black. And he's like, All right, you're fucked now. And he grabs <laughs> the, the the metal bar and it's just completely relentless and and hatred and violent and yes it's it's like i've said this many times this is the best version of michael myers besides I believe so too. He's, and... he's he's pissed off what, what do you think he's gonna do just walk around like calmly no he's he's fucking he's getting revenge he's like that did you it. see the uh the behind the scenes wire work they showed of james jude courtney with the the, the firefighters, the firefighters. Yeah. that was so cool that was like I didn't know that they did the the part where he stabs the guy with the crowbar with wire. 
um i actually like it because you know like i feel like in any other horror movie when if he stabbed someone with that they would it would just go through them and it wouldn't lift them but like for some reason in my mind i'm thinking well they're wearing heavy like leather type coats where it probably wouldn't puncture all the way through and it probably would lift that guy completely up <laughs> so like i don't know i was making stuff like that up in my yeah. head but <laughs> i completely agree like i already liked james jude courtney in halloween 2018 it didn't i he wasn't pushed up past nick castle after that oh, but after no. I this one it was i was like okay this is the i don't want to say the definitive michael myers because the first michael myers is always the definitive michael myers for me but this is this is michael myers to me now yeah. like he's he's like something completely different but like i'm on board with that kind of different but have you did you guys notice something i i've i haven't seen anyone else bring this up in halloween kills michael myers does not kill one person one-on-one everyone he kills is in groups he either kills two people or three people or five people so he kills oh, the two yeah. people in the house. he kills the two johns um the car full of people the well, firefighters it's, the mob it's, it's funny uh, Lonnie say Elam that. and his parent there you know um cameron elam and all that like i've noticed that there's no real Michael yeah Myers one-on-one stuff in that well it's, it's funny because they did that to like make him more menacing or like but like I said, it almost had like a John Wick effect where he's like trying to take multiple people on. Like <laughs> yeah. up until like they kind of uh, retconned the um, group beating him to death. Like I kind of yeah. liked to get his ass beat. Like and like I knew he wasn't going to die, obviously. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's a third movie. Well, that's, but, that's like when they were saying, oh, yeah, we're going to make him human again. I was like, OK, whatever. I can get I, that doesn't bother me. But yeah. then as soon as he bracket walks up to him and he yes. grabs that knife, I was like, this is it. He's everyone's done for. Yes. And you know what's crazy? Just... I um when I saw the track listing, because the track listing was um released uh, almost a month before the movie. Yeah. And uh the third song that was released, because Carpenter released three songs, and the last song was Michael's Legend. And yeah, which, oh. listening to it, I knew exactly that it was going to be an outro song, and I knew that it would be someone monologuing about how now Michael is something completely different. And especially because you could kind of like, I'm not like the smartest person in the world. I got this mostly from like what they're playing in the trailers. Like the more mm. he kills, the more he transcends and stuff like that. And you could like the name of the song is Michael's Legend. Yeah. And then it has a very slow outro type thing to it. And you know, like that's what it's going to be. It's going to be them recapping what michael myers is now like. and, so it wasn't a big surprise but it's almost like i was satisfied with myself or like yeah i'm not the smartest person in the world but figured that one out incredible at least. song too like it's, yes, it is. it's absolutely beautiful and like that whole scene when you're watching it too it's like super like to me and i remember seeing a few like one or two people said it and it's like it's very giallo giallo-esque yeah. like just the way the camera's moving and then the, yeah. just the bright white light either behind or beside uh, Michael a little bit. Yeah, it's just like with the man. splatter going everywhere. Oh, when he, when it's in the trailer when you see him and he like kind of slashes up and you just see the blood go everywhere and then yes. just a few specks on his mask is one of my favorite shots out of that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, mask makers I follow like Dean Knight, I think that's his name. Um, he actually has a, a variant of the kills mask with the blood splatter after he kills Karen. Oh. Spoiler, um, <laughs> just stole that one. Um, but yeah, I I really like that outro and stuff like that. But there's something I was gonna say, and I don't remember what the hell. Oh, one thing that does bother me that I have to bring up doesn't bother me, but does bother me. Why the fuck does everyone ha- 
have to stand where Judith Myers stood. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't understand got, where they're you got going. Hair and you got Big John and Little John. Like, although I do like the scene when Little John goes up and sees Michael staring out the window. Yeah. I don't like necessarily just like Michael, you came home, but that's I like that the show. worst Michael delivery in the, the entire looks, fucking movie. Like that like so like Darth Vader-ish looking out that window. It reminds <laughs> me of like like when you see Darth Vader looking out like on the Death Star kind of like yeah, very sure. cinematic villainish. Now after that he's oh Michael you came home and he turns around and just gets needlessly killed. But, but like it's, it's the it, it's such a bad delivery. Like how you felt yeah. about, about the like this is for Dr. Loomis. That's how I felt yeah. about that line. Because he's like Michael you came home See, and it's just like so thing, fucking weird like the why? thing is about that is i love him because he was in a show man tv yeah, oh, yeah I so love it was a sitcom and that's why when i seen him i was like oh that's awesome it's like another familiar face and i yeah. just remember him doing skits where he was kind of like sad like that and he kind of delivered like that or he'd say <laughs> something a little silly or like really stupid and i was like it doesn't bother me because like i know that his previous work he's like that even in what is it yeah. um what is it the, the the female ghostbusters movie he's like the um i guess like the bad guy and he? like, uh, he's guy, in he's, the, like, he's in like the museum he's like yeah he's like the the boss or whatever and he just even that i i hate that movie and just for obvious yeah. reasons of it being a bad movie um i just hate ad-libbed humor so much yeah. it, it's, it's so low see, i just hate women so <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> like five or ten minutes that he had in I that movie i was like is one of my favorite parts of that movie because he's hilarious movie, i love that guy the last movie i actually found there's like a hollywood comedy that i actually enjoyed was this is the end and yeah. like that has a lot of horror elements too but like i feel like the last 10 years of comedy has just become so oh let's just improv it and it's just yeah. like let's get a few famous people together and we'll improv it like that date night movie and like all this other yeah. stuff it's like it's just so bad i it's can't just, like, stand it dude funny like but it don't they don't say anything funny like but there's still show like shows i still find funny like i don't really watch it's always sunny so much anymore but i will still occasionally watch it and like i still find that type of stuff funny but yeah, it's like uh, you get the same great. people working over on a project for years like that or like south park like it's always gonna be kind of funny right like familiarity that you have with it but like right. movies, i can just not the, the only movies i find funny now are movies that aren't really comedies like like humor and horror movies or like humor, mm -hmm. humor and action movies like a john wick movie something like something funny might happen you know where you like or even something, something like even something like to me like 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 a jojo rabbit you know yeah. right like I, I don't know if you saw that movie but like that I movie was really funny <laughs> I, uh, but it I'm also like, told you know, a good story too so. Taika Waititi fan but I do like that movie do you like what we do in the shadows like the movie or the show uh it's it's okay it's not really it's it's very new zealand humor is a lot like british humor to me and right. like it's it's i guess there's like a riff like it's like a culture clash kind of thing to me right. which is See, weird though because like i actually used to find the british office funnier than the american office right but i don't really find either one of them too terribly funny i'm like and also one of the few people on earth that doesn't really watch the office but i respect <laughs> it i mean it's a well-made show there's tons of like stuff like that that like The Office and Mad Men, like I can appreciate those shows. They're not really my type of shows, but like sure. there's obviously artistry and stuff like that. Well, that's so, that's the thing too. Do. Is like I I'm not a huge TV guy. Like the last, like I for like I never watched Breaking Bad. I never watched Game of Thrones. I never watched anything like that. Um, the last 
couple TV shows like that I watched was like just before Stranger Things got like really popular, like yeah. in that summer where, where like it just came out and people were kind of talking about it. That's when I first watched it, <laughs> which I, I really I liked it best too, to be honest. I love that first season. And the second season, I, I actually really like the second season. Um, I, I haven't been able to finish the third season just because I fucking hate it. It's a show so much. diminishing returns to me. Like it is the first season, yes, this is great. And then you get it. And then right. there's really almost no need for well, subsequent seasons. Exactly. And but the the problem honest, sorry, what? So I'm not really necessarily too excited for the fourth season. Like, I don't I give a shit it. anymore. And and which I sucks because really. I was so I was so hardcore into season one. And like I thought it was like the perfect show. And then season two came out and it repeated a lot of the same like overall plot beats. Yeah. Um, but I felt that the characters were even stronger. And season two ended on such a perfect note that it did not need a season three. And season no. three, I couldn't even get through it. Like it, it just became a shell of its former self. Um, it really does feel like that old trope of how the third one's the worst one. Yeah. Like, and I feel <laughs> exactly. that way about like like Hannibal, even the season three of Hannibal, although it's enjoyable, it's the worst one of them. It's almost like sometimes you only need two seasons to get, you know, your your show across. And I feel like Stranger right. Things definitely would have been good with that. Like, especially right. like when they like redeemed Steve, obviously, who's like my favorite character. And then like <laughs> introduced Billy, he was cool and stuff yeah. like that. But like it it actually for it being an homage to 80s movies it actually did what an 80s sequel would do right is they take the original premise and just add more yeah exactly that's true aliens so we'll just add more the perfect example look at so it's kind of fitting that they did that but like season three just i I really don't remember a lot about except for hopper quote unquote dies right that's really (laughs) all i remember and billy dies but right that's funny you say that because, like, look at Halloween and Halloween Two. Halloween's just yes. a guy walking around. Halloween Two, it's his it's other sister, plot, yeah, and he's fucking invincible. Yes, but again, that's fun. Like, so, okay, so so this brings me to a point though that, like, about Halloween Kills, is when these movies were coming out, they said, ignore all the sequels. This is the definitive version, uh-huh. like the the definitive sequels. What irritates me about that, though, is where are they going with it? Because Halloween 2018 should have been the end of it. They should not have made a two and a three uh, for that. Um, The reason why I say that, though, is because I'm so confused about where they're going with it. And I don't foresee a good enough explanation for anything like in kills like you were mentioning about judas bedroom window why did they keep bringing that up obviously it's going to be something yeah. that's brought up and in, in ends but why why do we give a shit about a fucking bedroom window <laughs> well i think it goes back to all that repetition that i was talking about earlier like they had to repeat like lines of dialogue and plot points like here's the window here's the window here's the window evil dies tonight evil dies tonight evil yeah dies tonight. 40 but years ago <laughs> yes like it, it's very i don't know if it's just laziness in the dialogue writing or i don't know if maybe they hired a hack and just signed their names to it like well but... there's a new writer on kills right like the first one was david gordon green and danny mcbride but this one there's like a third guy i don't know yeah. who, who he is um, I would have to IMDb it, but um, but yeah, like it, it's just like 
there's going to be either there's going to be a really stupid explanation for why Michael does what he does, or the explanation is just he's pure evil. He's evil incarnate and you can't kill him. But it, yeah. it, but if that's going to be the answer, then like you were saying with Stranger Things, we did not need three fucking movies to say what no. John Carpenter said in 1978. Did you see that they, Don, uh, David Gordon Green has said this this last one's going to be a coming of an age movie and it's going to yeah. be an homage to Carpenter movies. I, I don't know how they're going to do that really with, with, with well, this. It's, it's funny, specifically he said Christine. Which I'm actually, yeah, it's like, he's like, uh, you're going to get like big Christine vibes from it, which I'm actually kind of really excited about. Which makes me wonder if like maybe Allison doesn't just lose her shit because I mean, you know, Christine is about uh, Cunningham, like getting so involved in this that he becomes evil and stuff. So I'm actually curious to see where it goes just because since it's, I feel like it's going to be all better off, but like it's still going to be somewhat familiar, but like. I, I'm even thinking that it might not even take place on Halloween. Like I'm, I keep thinking that it's like since it takes four takes place four years later, it's just like Laurie tracking him down, kind of like like how Vampire Hunters and Salem's Lot just like you know like yeah. took off. And maybe the the last scene will take place like on Halloween morning or something. I know I'm probably just I'm not probably <laughs> far off from that because it's way too unfamiliar. The... But See, like I'm pretty like... sure she's gonna die. Her or Allison is gonna die. It's almost been. I don't think. Like you said, that it's like going up. I think that's the fun thing about it. It's yeah, you can guess. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. It's fun to share those. Like, who knows what the fuck's gonna happen? He could come back and kill everybody, and then he'll just continue yeah. going on. Maybe that's why they got rid of the other characters so fast because they can. They don't have to deal with that storyline anymore. Maybe he's gonna come back, and Allison and Jamie are gonna kill him, and then that'll be that. Yeah. Or you know. But is there any suspense left, though? Possibly. I guess since we only have two characters left that we were really... Well, three. Three, technically, because everyone forgets that that Lindsay... Well, Lindsay, Lindsay's still alive. alive. She's in the hospital. But that's the thing, too. This... He said... I remember in an interview watching one of them. He's like, this movie is literally mayhem. Like, it's kills. That's... It lives up to its name and all that shit. And then ends, I think, is going to be like maybe 78 and 2018 where it's going to have a lot of story and maybe like be a, a little, bit, and be a little bit more um in that style which if that's the case i don't care i don't mind having a movie where it's like oh this is good and then a movie where this is pure craziness and nonsense sure. and that's all i want to sure. see and then as long as they end it on a good note and yes. they take the time and it ends properly i i could okay. i'll be perfectly happy so let's let's I'm- Let's willing up- to go back and look at that type of stuff too because like i don't know if you guys like watch a lot of anime or anything like that i like um neon genesis genesis evangelion well like they have these rebuilds that are like basically newer retellings and the first two are pretty similar to what the original series was well the third one is just bonkers bat shit so bad i was like you know what i don't even care when the next one comes out and within this last movie, they gave it such a good ending that it retroactively made me like the one that I hated. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Like, it, it maybe then, then I think about that with Halloween ends. Like, yeah, you know, this c- might actually, something might happen that goes backwards that actually okay. might change my mind about it. So let's. Like, unfortunately, Resurrection changes my mind about age 20 just because it retcons it. So, I mean, that's like the negative version of that so i'm thinking if something very good happens in three 
or Halloween ends, then I'm going to give it definitely give it a chance. I mean, I'm a Halloween fan. I give every Halloween a chance. I have seen every Halloween in theaters since Halloween Chris Michael Myers. That was the first horror movie I went to see in theaters. So, right. I so, would be there regardless. So, let's talk about really quickly because we only have like <laughs> 10 minutes left. Um, so what it what would your definitive end be like do you think the halloween ends will be the definitive end of this story what do you what what do you foresee the future being for the series well you know that now michael myers is a hot commodity so much more than he ever has been the first movie made 260 million dollars this movie's made 120 million dollars which is like obscene amounts of money for horror movies especially for slasher movies. Yeah. So I don't think that there will be like a definitive end of Michael Myers, maybe of this story. Yeah. But this I, story's as, gonna soon, be... as soon as this finishes, there's going to be some type of retcon elseworld, some other reboot reimagining. I'm fine with that. I don't care. Just keep them coming, whatever it, it does. I mean, I prefer it to rest for a while, obviously, but yeah, I think obviously I think we will get a definitive Michael Myers death. I think either Lori or Allison will die, but I think it'll probably be Lori to add a little bit more finality since they both, she says that very obvious line in Kills where she says, let him take my head as I take his. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, that's foreshadowing, I bet. But, right. <laughs> um, and I think that's what it'll be about. It'd be about closing and then Allison will be our survivor girl that, you know, the next Lori Strode for another generation and stuff like that. I imagine that's probably where they'll go with it. It that's, may be. Hopefully they'll like the Halloween 3 sequel afterwards since Jason Blum said he wasn't too bad on the idea saying that he yeah. actually liked that. Well, I, like, I let's, let's see that. Like, let's, let's, like, let's see a ha- like an, an anthology series actually come yeah. from it. Maybe not every year, but every three years, like, let's pop that up. And then you come in 10 years later with, like, a new Michael Myers story. You know what idea I had a few years ago? I had, I used to think to myself when Hannibal uh, first came on and I was thinking like, what would be good ideas for other horror shows? And I was like, a Dr. Loomis show? Is that, this was my rough idea. And I was like, and we'll just like remake some stuff where now he deals with other psychos. Like, eh. And I got <laughs> thinking, you know what would be a really great idea for the Halloween franchise is to continue all the stories so make a sequel to curse of michael myers make a sequel to resurrection like have that like, be great double down on the confusing chronology yeah. like everyone's like oh man just, just fully embrace it and go with that like make a sequel to i don't know halloween three or like i said resurrection or rob zombies halloween three or something like that'd that. be really like, cool it would just like i mean you're everyone's already confused anyway so just <laughs> right exactly. down, i don't know <laughs> And you get variety. I would actually not mind seeing another Cologne movie. Not that they're great by any means, but I have it tattooed on my wrist. Evolution to that. Although there was a comic series that I read, it was Night Dance, but it was one of them. I have the comics, I think. I think I have one or two of them. Yeah. Don't get rid of them. They're very rare. I have I have the entire Night Dance series. That's what I had. I had I didn't have all of them, but I had a few of them. Yeah, they weren't bad. And I also have, um, there's like a Halloween 30 Years of Terror comic that I have as well, which is like a short collection of different uh, like stories or like different perspectives of, of, of the night. Yeah. So yeah. But that, that was going to cool. be like a cool idea. It's just like, um, 
like an anthology of Michael Myers movies. Like you make a Halloween movie that has like three stories in it and it's like three Michael Myers stories and they might not even have to take place on the same night. Don't have to be the same like version of Michael Myers even. Like he's got things ways to make it fresh. I mean, you obviously can't kill Michael Myers and Halloween ends and make a sequel later. People will feel cheated. Right. It's funny because I was saying that to JT and it came out after, you know, like COVID and all that shit. I was like, oh man, I wonder if they're going to do it like all three movies are going to be one night. And then David Gordon Green did an interview and he's like, yeah, all three of them were supposed to be one night. And I think that would have been a fucking, that would have been a cool idea. I think it would have been neat seeing them all in one night. And especially if they did it in like real time. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, the movies are like combined six hours and they, you know, they take place between hours of four and ten or something like that yeah i think i think that would have been a cool idea like Mm -hmm. i i'm not against it taking place you know four years later because we've had lots of them where they've you know dipped in time especially from two to four but yeah like i don't i don't really give a shit about it but like they're talking about oh yeah coronavirus is a big thing and a real thing in this movie and i'm like i don't i don't see where that would do anything for the movie like i don't give a shit if it's in there or not but i'd rather it not be yeah, but if it is it is it's there's nothing you can do about it it would make it feel more real i guess but yeah i could take it or leave it but i get the i get the 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 urge to add like contemporary stuff like that into it but the problem is it like horribly dates it yeah like if you look back like on all the good older movies they could you could picture in your mind that it takes place now and mm. that's what makes them kind of good like now granted we might not wear that style of clothing anymore but like the really the only movie i think that's added like divisive public discourse that just is everywhere like, like the hunt like i actually thought that movie was somewhat enjoyable and like pretty well balanced like giving everyone taking the piss out of everyone mm-hmm. um it's not a great movie but so if it was something like that, then yeah, but like, do people like everyone's talking about how horror is big now because of like coronavirus and stuff like that, how it ended up becoming like one of the most popular genres during this time period. I don't know if everyone wants to be reminded of that when they go, if they're going to like yeah. see these movies, like to be reminded of why they left to go see a movie like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the thing that I came here for escapism is now staring back at me at the movie screen well that's the thing like really quickly and then we got to wrap up but like when the pandemic first started when we were first in lockdown um my fiance and i went back and watched uh the three versions of i am legend so we watched last man on earth omega man and then the um the will smith one and like Uh i liked that because it's like playing with themes that we're dealing with on a daily basis or at least we were at that time when everything was super uncertain um but like it was in like a a fantasy way right like whereas like and then we also watched like contagion which is very like based in reality oh yeah like terrifying right well that's the thing is like i would rather watch it when it's vampires than watch it when it's like real people actually dying right um yeah anyways that that is not uh as much time as we have tonight um so just uh super quick because we only have literally two minutes left um in your top three rankings is halloween kills there evan i'll start with you yes (laughs) okay cody top three ranking for halloween movies is halloween kills there yes okay and 
not top three for me. I still go um, one, three, and five are, are my three favorites. But I'd I go, say it's a close four or five. I oh, liked man. it better than 2018. Oh, I, you know what? Now I, I kind of forget to add three. I, I, it would be number four then. Yeah. Okay. Fair. It's just out of there. I go one, six kills. I love six. Six is your second favorite? Yeah, producer's cut's good. Fair enough. I just watched that for the first time this year. It was really good. Yeah, it was good. I love it. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Um, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Morbidly Deceased Podcast. Cody, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. Anytime. All right. Um, I have been your host, JT McCallum. And I'm Evan Dilworth. And have a spooky day.